turning my mic on. 30 seconds. The countdown is now. 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and... Nothing happened. <laughs> I was waiting for the track to finish. Hello, everyone. Are you awake? Are you awake? Hello, everyone. Oh, come on now. You keep on singing. You know, I'm just in song right now. Okay. I'm trying to lift up the praises now. Because we're going to get into a topic today. We're going to get into a strong topic. We're going to get into a strong topic. So I'm lifting my praises now. So my father can hear me sing. You sound really good, Shania. You know, oh, I've been I practicing. Want, I think I want oh. you on my first album. <laughs> do you, you know, do you, do you, can do you, you have to stop the two of me? I'm sitting between we, you. Listen, Pastor Robin, just accept it. The more you fight it, the more it's going to be hard on the ears, okay? If you just accept the fact that me and Pastor Tony, we be singing. We're singers. But what are you going to sing? You know, my, my, our single is My Father Can Hear Me Sing, okay? I'm so glad he can. It's a, <laughs> it's a single, he, but it's an EP. There's that's right. Songs. That's right. He, see, Pastor Tony got the song, details. Pastor, the second song is My Father Heard Me Sing, part two. Right. That's uh, it. That's all you need. You Can I ask you questions? Is there a part three? Oh, it will be if you want to ask for it. Come we're, on, pray for us. We're creative. I, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we greet our friends, and we want to welcome you all to live on the Portals podcast, I want to give uh, thanks and honour to our worship team at Talk New York. This Ooh. evening's worship was just through the roof. It was. And... Um, it was one of those evenings where if you if you were willing, you entered the presence of God. Oh, yes. I agree in that because I was about to have me a Pentecostal shout yeah. a couple times and I was trying to contain it because I was like... I, I just, was hoping oh. you'd break out into that Pentecostal shuffle that we you know, specialize in. I was. I, I was shuffling a little bit with the little kids in the front because that worship... It was awesome. Highest praises. Oh, my gosh. And both our it. churches, by the grace of God, have had exceptionally anointed worship. This is true. Weeks. Yes, amen. Yeah, shout out to Torque Sydney. Um, Torque Sydney. Worship team, because I've heard it a couple times, and I'm like, I, come. You guys oh, wow. It was amazing last higher night. And higher. Higher and higher. See? And I'm going for a Higher and higher. Sorry. Was needed. Oh, look who we have. We haven't even introduced Pearl anybody. Adventure, were you relieving yourself? Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Cut, <laughs> cut that out, please. Make sure they cut out. <laughs> right. I can't cut that out. Oh, I'm done. Be careful what you say. When you see it, Why is say it that it. you're always, like, put together during the classes and you make me look like the fool? But then when we come on portals, <laughs> you always have a go at me for mucking around. But yeah, you're the one bringing up all the comments. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm well. Sip this coffee. 
Check. All right, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Portals Live Podcast. As we are always in different types of spirits sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we in laughter, sometimes we in you know, a real serious conversation and sometimes we just don't know where we are at this <laughs> at this hour. But tonight we're having a little fun before the strong word comes to pass, the sobering. Hallelujah. Word comes to pass. I was going to ask you a question before we even get introduced. Uh, you said the service is going to be. Can you turn me up a little bit, Jess? Because <clears throat> I feel a little bit insecure. Oh my, my gosh! Telling me to be turned up. Um, you said that it was going to be able to be heard after you get home. You're going to record it or put the original. Yeah. Um, Please explain that because a lot of people didn't get to hear it tonight. Oh, the devil is a lie. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the best of relationships with our internet tonight. And uh, I think because so many people are in New York City at this time, there's a lot of interference. Or it's just, you know, voice. But we bound voice. But anyway, um, if there was like a little bit of glitch where you couldn't watch the service or the message, because that's the most important part, mm. the message is going to be uploaded again to the uh, Talk New York Facebook page as well as on our website. And, and um, it'll also be streamed live as like a rewatch um, on Wednesday on Facebook. And, so and, um, unfortunately, the, the worship, we can't do anything about that. Did we lose much? We didn't. We lost a lot of it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's it's, but it is available on YouTube. So yeah. if you want to go and watch the worship per se, without the message, excuse me, that will be on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There's a way through it. God is moving. Sorry, I'm just adjusting myself. Girl, adjust away. I got stuck under the table. So, Anywho. So people are quite happy about that, by the way. They're are they? just responding to it now. Yeah. I love to help people be happy. Well, not and really, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't know these guys already. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I am Shanae and Niece, and of course we have... Pastor Nathan Cassis. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> well, you said Pastor. Anise, and for some reason it was like, I was like, in my own world, I was thinking, I wonder if that's French. Oh, wow. Maybe you've got some Creole there somewhere. Mm, anyway. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, back to the Lord. It doesn't matter. Pa it sounded French. Pastor oh, Tony Cassis. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Hi, hi, hi. I'll just be me. Forget the French. I'll just be me. <laughs> there you go. You just being, be. I am being me. I'm just being many versions of me. Oh, wow. Oh, dear. There's, there's deliverance. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <for that. laughs> but I'm being all things to all men. Uh, oh. no, please don't let us. Pick up on that no. one. Okay. So no, Chinese, French, and Spanish I like that are this. three of the languages that I would love to master. You'll hear my fake Mandarin, and it sounds real. It fooled the people in Malaysia. Oh, wow. But unfortunately, they were like, you sound like you're speaking what we speak, but we don't understand <laughs> no. the word you're saying. <laughs> yes. No, it's not working. Not yet. Yeah. Soon. So it was Chinese, French, and... Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Yeah, I got my French friend Ohami helping me out with some French Spanish. Spanish sort of I got yeah. my R's getting she better. She's on now. Yeah, Puerto Rico. See, I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I don't know. See, people... Maybe wow. you should practice something more. Yeah. Oh, well. 
Okay. I'm, I'm starting to what, understand why the Lord broadcasts this at four in the morning. <laughs> I'm trying not, to figure it not out. Not everybody can cope with this. Program. I know. Well, in Australia right now, it's 6 p.m., so it's prime time. Oh, wow. Well. That's Especially, true. you know, halfway It's like rush world. hour. And some people be getting up, going to work with New York. Anyway. Oh, Harmony said you can count on her. You yes. She's going to help Yes, you. she's my girl. Wonderful and splendid. Rolling those R's. Teach you how to roll those R's. Okay. <laughs> before, I Can we her, this? before I met her, it was Puerto Rico. Okay. Now it's Puerto Rico. Oh, it's a difference. <laughs> it's got that. Uh, I don't know, it's got sort of like. A, I don't know what it's got. I don't know what it's got. <laughs> some sass on. Anyway. It's got some sass in it. It's like you. What is it? Chile. What is well, that? Chow. Chow. I thought it was Chile. It's both. <laughs> Everyone's been saying Chile. Because the way I spell it, I spell it like, you know, the um, place Chile. Because I put all the E's on the end instead of putting all the I's oh. in there. I was like, Chow. But you they was like, but wait. When they read it, <laughs> Ohami's Spanish self was like, oh, Chile. Yeah, here I am walking around thinking I'm cool at home, like, Chile. Look, it has different connotations. So we added child. it. We added it. Okay, gotcha. It's a synonym. Do you know what they're talking about? <laughs> no, when you guys, when you guys preach okay. like an ism and you'd be blowing us out weird. of the water, Shanae would be the one that'd be commenting when we were in, the, we were in COVID all the time. She'd be like, Chile. But she, she, it's child, but she child. wrote it. And I read it as Chile, like chill. Like, oh, Lord, I'm a, I need to chill on this one. That so was I was like, saying to Natalie, like, oh, Chile. And she's like, actually, it's child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I do take, I'll, I'll take the L for that one because uh, I was Chile works. It. Chile I think works. it sounded like a drink. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. What kind of drink? I don't know. <laughs> a chili kind of drink. That, oh, yeah, right. That's a what? Chilean. Oh my goodness! What time is it? Oh, sorry, I knew what time it was? All right, can we bring this back? Ask, I want to ask you, someone from Chile, the country. What what do you call them? A Chilean? Yes, Chilean. 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 Sorry. What is happening? Okay, can we this bring is this, this Kingdom Coffee? Kingdom Coffee. Shout out to Kingdom Coffee by our. What do you call the person that? Uh, um, works at the coffee shop. Um, barista. 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 Pastor Natalie. Pastor Natalie Cassis. Yes. Featuring our Kingdom Coffee cups. Oh, that actually made me cry. It's good to it's good to laugh in God's house. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> can we get on topic? Yes, please. Well, this is a heavy one, so we need a few laughs before we really get sobered up. Okay. So we've had our drunken laugh. Yes. <laughs> We've had our spirit Now moment. it's time to get sober. Yes. All right. So we started. Well, first of all, we had an amazing ser- um, sermon from Tim, our uh, brother, Pastor Tim, this morning. Yes. Mm. And he was talking about the conscience. The what? And then. <laughs> See? A clear conscience the, the, before God. There we go. A clear conscience before God. And then, Pastor Tony, you connected the dots. Mm. A dirty conscience before that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us have that. I mean, yeah, that, that part. No, um, go I, for it. I, have I, you I'm ever joking. heard a pastor be so honest? <laughs> Tonight no. we covered... Um, That's ridiculous. God. We linked a clear conscience with uh, God 
helping those who cannot help themselves. Mm. Yeah. That's good. But um, before we can help others, obviously we need to receive help from the Lord. And we, when we do receive that help, he gives us a clear conscience about mm. what we're doing. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, having a clear conscience before God doesn't necessarily uh, mean that you're going to be, you know, acceptable with man. Because mm. many times when your conscience is clear with God, you're offending somebody. Oh, oh my gosh, you are starting so it. I'm, I'm going to talk to Pastor Tim about this. We're going to cover that in his next Sunday morning service. And I'm, mm. I'm really expecting that to be a real good good um, teaching session as well. Mm-hmm. He's really touched on something really, I think, now. Like it's a now word. It's a mm-hmm. present truth. And... Uh, it's going to help everybody because sometimes when the Lord you know, gives us some, uh, a, a mandate, we don't always make people happy. Oh, mm. I'm trying to tell you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's and, an understatement. And I think that uh, the fact that he touched on this this morning was something that I was talking to the Lord about before I even was able to view Tim this morning on um, live stream. Mm. Uh, I've been uh, sort of questioning the Lord about, not that my conscience is seared, but I don't want my conscience to become dull. Mm-hmm. I believe the word you used tonight too was numb. It's numb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dull and numb. I don't want it to become that. So I don't want things that I see to mm. say, well, this, okay, this is happening. Yeah. I don't want that. So when I put uh, the, <coughs> sorry, when I put the TV on and I was listening to him, I knew the Lord was speaking because I hadn't spoken to Pastor Tony and I hadn't spoken to Tim. Mm. And yet this would, is what the Lord was really concentrating yeah. with me about. And I, I know that you mentioned to me about uh, maybe a thought of maybe what God would be speaking about. Mm. So I told you, go back to the Lord and find out. Now, when I heard Tim, Pastor Tim speaking, I said, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And lo and behold, Tony was already receiving that from the Lord. And that was about those that can't help themselves. Yeah. God helps them. But in actual fact, God just helps everyone because no one can help them. That's a word in hand. I think the world always tells us, you know, God helps those that can help themselves. Lie, lie, lie. And unfortunately, again, we've been covering a lot in the portals lately about the difference between performance and obedience. And I think it's very important to start off with defining that performance is actually the exact opposite of obedience. Mm, And until we comprehend that, um, we won't understand how to break free because uh, sometimes we tie obedience to performance and think, okay, if I obey, then that's performing or if I'm performing by obeying. Mm-hmm. But they actually like work against each other. You wow. can't obey God and perform. Ooh, you, you could share with us a little bit about that conscience. Yes, please, unravel. But I also think what's good is that um, I've seen Brother Tim helping to, uh, you know, he's really stepping into his teacher mantle with Foundations in the Prophetic. Yeah. And um, he's been really helping, you know, <clears throat> with the research of the Founding Fathers and understanding the movements. And so I think God is really elevating that gift. And so he breathed on it today. And um, what even what he was saying, I got a chance to listen to a little bit of 
bit of it as I was, you know, getting ready, even what he was saying about how um, getting to that place of having a clear conscience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of us feel like we, our conscience is good with God, but there's always that one thing that will tag or tug, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh, it's usually that one thing that can throw everything else out. Mm-hmm. Where Pastor Tony always says, like, you know, are you at peace with yourself? Mm. Are you at peace with God? And a part of being at peace with God is having a clear conscience before him. So if you're at peace with yourself and at peace with God, then you'll be at peace with others. There you go. Oh, my gosh. And so Pastor Tony carried that on tonight, um, you know, when he talked about how (laughs) if we think we can help ourselves, then why aren't we fixed? Yeah. When he said that, I think I almost had to throw the live stream might have gone off because I think I might have picked up the live stream computer and thrown it because it was just so the power of that statement went through. If we could fix ourselves, then why aren't we fixed? If 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 the fixing that we required was a human effort, then can I? Why is the world not fixed? Can you just can you just throw your mic a bit further now? If I tell you something else, oh no, Uh come on now. If you could fix yourself then you'd have to share the glory with him. Because you would deserve to share the glory. And God made it that way, that you can't fix yourself. Mm. So you don't get any of the glory. None whatsoever. Oh. So throw your mic now if you want to. Oh, my God. I'm going to get up and please walk out don't. again. <laughs> but, but isn't that freeing? Like, see, the enemy wants us to hear that and then to be, oh, I can't fix myself. Pity. Something must be yeah. wrong with me. Rather, let's listen from the Holy Spirit's perspective. Okay, Lord, what's your perspective on that? You weren't created to fix yourself. You're never going to be able to. You're never going to be able no. to be capable of doing it. So stop trying to do something you're not created to do. Because you're just going to run yourself around in circles, realise it, acknowledge it, accept it, and be like, okay, I can't do it, Lord. I need you. But that is free. That is the free, oh, the most freeing is. thing. That is the most freeing thing that can happen. It is. Because you're like, all the weight of having to, you know, we didn't sing it tonight, but uh, that song I wrote, Unconditionally, like, you know, he takes delight in carrying us. Mm. Like, you know, there's weight when you try to carry yourself. But God really delights in carrying our stuff and our mess. Wow. Because he gets to be seen so, so much through every part of it. You're very quiet. Do you agree? I don't want to talk over you guys. So oh, really oh so that's why he's not being rude. So I think he's fixed you. <laughs> Look. Go ahead. Talk. <laughs> we will be quiet. Yeah, we'll be quiet. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm listening. I'm learning. You know, there's a true story, and this will help you to understand. Um, my first husband, Ken Mackey, he, um, before he went to be with the Lord, Tony, I think you remember this, um, Ken was always very gifted with cars. Very, yeah. very gifted. He knew how to fix cars. Mm-hmm. And we had a Leyland, which is... British, British car. Yeah. Very nice car. A very comfortable car. And, um, uh, you know, he was out there outside the house trying to fix it, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't working. And um, he took great pleasure in fixing this car. But it wouldn't fix. Mm-hmm. 
It wouldn't fix. And it's not that he didn't know what was going on. He knew what was going on. And so he, um, he came in very frustrated. And he said, I, I just can't fix this car. And I said, have you prayed? He said, yes, I asked God. I asked God to help me to do what I can't do. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you got a lot it. of you. You got it. Mm. I asked him to help me Whoa. do what I couldn't do. And I said, how about asking him to help you with what you can do? Whoa! Jeez. And he went, I never thought of that. Mm. I thought, well, you, when you think you can do it, mm, you don't into need this. him to do it. But when you can't do it, you need him to do it. So wouldn't it be best to just ask him first whether I can do it or can't do it? Mm. Please do it. Come on. I remember. Ooh, that is the truth in the heart. I know. <laughs> okay. Pray for it. Okay. Um, I remember, Pastor Rami, you mentioned this. I don't remember. It was an earlier course, part two or something. That I took uh, one um, of those yeah. relational courses. Yes, and plug for soap. Um, no, but you mentioned that once, and even to this day, hearing it, it's almost like wow, I really haven't grasped yeah. that concept yet. In the sense of like, oh my gosh, like I'm just thinking when you just said that, I was like, wow, she said that before, yeah, but now it's hitting in a different way. The same statement you mentioned years ago, I probably wasn't in a place to understand it to the magnitude that we've grown well, and stuff. But today, when you're here, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. It landed. <laughs> Listen, would you say that I'm a good teacher? Absolutely. Uh, that I know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Well, I never get up and stand up before anyone without asking God to do it through me. Mm. I never... That's my prayer that I pray. I, I don't say to them, I can teach. So teach through me. I just say, speak through me. Mm. Because I can do nothing if you don't speak through me. Yeah. Mm. And I think that I was counselling someone just on this very, very, like, a couple of hours ago. I think there's a difference with, Lord, I want to do, I'll do what you want me to do. Um, but and I'll do it for you. Mm. There's a difference with that from Lord, do what you want to do, and you do it through me. Mm. That's you know, and I think that that kind of mindset obviously can. This is we're talking about things that can sear our conscience. It's mm -hmm. not just the evil things that can sear our conscience. Oh come on, no. you're going okay, this, you're going we need somewhere. to get into that because we always think, oh, you know, you know, reprobate mind or like you know, seared conscience. Mm. You can become numb to the, the Holy Spirit's voice from putting your hands on things way too much. Ooh. You know? There, there's a topic. Whoa. There's a topic. Oh, everybody breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe in. Because we always breathe go for, out. you know, we always go breathe for the in. evil things like resisting temptation and not heeding conviction. But let's talk about the other side. You can become numb from being so Lord. your own saviour. Yes. Oh, that will numb your conscience my because you'll hear the Holy Spirit at the beginning when you're not numb say, you need me here. Mm -hmm. Remember, you need me. But you get so used to defaulting to do it yourself 
that that voice gets dimmer and dimmer each time. And you start to believe the lie that you can do it. You can fix the car. And you it, don't need God to fix the car. Hey, and it becomes hard because then it becomes hard work. Right. And then it doesn't become fun anymore. It doesn't become freedom anymore. It becomes and performance. bondage. And to performance. Now the enemy's got you in a prime mindset. A bondage. Of, of bondage, which is now you have to perform your way to hear God. Right. That's right. Because you can't hear him anymore because your conscience is numb. So now I've got to do this so that God will hear me and I can hear him. Because if I do this, then the Lord will speak to me. But you don't realise he was speaking to you the whole time, but your self-effort was the thing that shut him up. Oh my gosh, this reminds me of something we've talked about before and defining those lines of um, is the Lord bringing something up or is the devil bringing it up? Because we always jump to the devil. And even that, what you just said, just reminded me of a, like a similar strategy where he may say if the enemy is bringing up something for, you, for the Lord to you know, have a conversation with him about and we go to straight rebuking and performance yep. rebuking i'm a rebuke it and then yep. we never process it with the lord and then it just goes back to performance the performance of rebuking it yep. straight away you know yep. and i i just fixed it i just fixed it because i just rebuked it instead of saying okay lord where are you in this and is it something i need to rebuke or is it something we need to walk through yeah. and it's that's oh my and gosh we've, just, we've said on portals before even that's that's again that's when the enemy changes like he uses the tools that god's given us and yet yes. we use warfare as an abracadabra mm, and not as yes. you know an actual t standing in our authority the reason why we can stand in our authority in the first place is because we've heard a revelation mm, you know mm. faith starts with hearing god yeah right and so everything Pastor Tony said tonight, communion with God is the key to fixing anything. You can't fix anything, That's right. your cue, without communion. That. Yeah. That, that <laughs> you did point. say that. I was taking notes. <laughs> See, I'm taking notes. I know. I was on it. Nate, Nate's touching on, you I know, I think that the world, was a plug for me. <laughs> <laughs> communion with God. With the, the world yeah. says God helps those who help themselves. And I think that's what that's touching on. Yeah. It's like that attitude is, well, I'll try as best as I can to fix it and if I run into trouble or run out of steam then come in God well pastor just destroyed that argument because mm. again Nate touched on it if you if you feel uh, God's hardest work is getting through the fog of you trying to fix yourself try so and I think Jacob is why, the perfect yeah, example Jacob, with this Jacob always sort of had the answer for himself, but he couldn't fix his relationship with Esau. That needed divine in intervention. Oh, right? Jesus. But also, um, it reminds me, um, that, again, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big movie watcher, but I, I <laughs> you got a, a reference. <laughs> How many references I, I remember, you make? I uh, remember Dolly Parton wrote this song for Queen Latifah to sing, Fix Me Jesus. Oh, oh yeah, in that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful yeah, yeah. song. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful song because, you know, Dolly basically writes, I can't fix myself, you need to fix me. Mm. But the f I said tonight, the first step with getting fixed with God is letting go of trying to fix yourself. Mm. And that's, that's probably the, the hardest but the biggest step you'll take. Wow. I mean, we've been trying to fix ourselves for years. Ciao. And that's why I said tonight, if you really could fix yourself, then why aren't you fixed by now? Yeah. I think I walked out on that part. So that drive, it. it drives the point home. We can't. Yeah. We can't. Because, you know, um, 
God is waiting for us to, you know, one, two, Jesus step through. So, yeah. um, mm. and I think the the challenge is right. Like I said again tonight, um, if if the Lord is leading us, He's going to restore us. But um, you know, we, we're coming to that place where we need to have a good conscience before God, where our conscience is clear, and whatever God brings before us, we get His his worldview, his perspective mm, on it. That's good. Because really tonight's word is the last in three-part series on perspectives. Such a good series. And Ooh. our perspective of, of healing our souls mm-hmm. literally starts and finishes with hearing God. Mm. Hearing God. It really is. I think I gave, I, I gave our, our, our people today a pretty good answer to how to allow God to fix you. Well... You have to spend time communing with God and it's during that time of communing that the healing, the restoration, the yes. revelation, the empowering, the delivering, it. it all comes. Mm. It all comes. Maybe not in just one big hit, but it does come. Yeah. So, I, um, if I could add, I think something that's lesson. key about perspective too is that <clears throat> perspective is like it's conversational. Like, I can't get your perspective without hearing your heart or your mind. Yeah, there has right. to be conversation. There has to be conversation. It's not like you can telepathically send me your perspective. We have to... There's people doing that and we review <laughs> that in these things. <laughs> yes. But we have to engage in conversation. And I think this is why Pastor Tony said that powerful point. I think a lot of times we as Christians expect to get the perspective without engaging in the conversation, mm. which mm-hmm. is the communion. And so we, again, expect it to be this instant, I'm going to pray, thank you, Lord, I receive your perspective. You wake up the next morning and nothing's changed. You feel like you're still seeing the world the same way. You still see through the eyes of doubt. You still see through the eyes of unbelief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the missing link there is that we haven't revealed, because he talked last week about whatever God can't expose in your heart, he can't heal. Mm. And so... When I was challenged tonight by listening to the word, I was like, okay, Lord, communion with you, that's where, I, that's where the exchange takes place. That's where the, ex- the perspective is actually delivered to my brain to take on that thought as my own. Because to get someone else's perspective, you can't see it as their thought anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to take it on as your own. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's thoughts, through that conversation that we have with him, and I'm just hearing the Lord say this now. He wants us to now not just see those thoughts as His, but through that conversation now, your thoughts are my thoughts. Yeah. Mm, and so good. now it's not like I need your perspective. It's like I've given you my perspective. Now you've given me yours. Which are the same. Now we have the same perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's the relationship. I've given you mine. Now you've given me yours. And now there's a we we have the same but that can be wow to my surprise yeah we have the same yeah can i, can I speak into that it's Pastor? a big surprise mm-hmm. yeah a lot of believers think because isaiah prophesied he said my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts so to a lot of christians having the perspective of god is unattainable yeah, on, which is a that. lie because mm. paul brings out he says no one knows the mind of the Lord except the Spirit of the Lord. But then he goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. So because we have the mind of Christ, 
we can get God's perspective. We Come can, on. our thoughts can be in line with God's yeah, thoughts. Good. You know, our ways can be in line with God's ways because of, of what Jesus has done. Yeah. Isn't that the whole reason why he went to the cross? To deposit his spirit in us so that we have the law of God written on our hearts and mm. on our minds. And, and it's, it's attainable now. He's not a God that can't mm. be reached. Oh, wow. And someone's got written here, there's an exchange, but there's an interchange. Yeah, I think that's a better word for it. An interchange yeah. takes place. Yeah. Amen. That reminds me You're when... You're going to hit that again. Oh, when wow. Pastor taught us journaling for the first time, I remember the Lord saying to me, our, our time together was an exchange time. You give me your lack, I'll give you my abundance. You give me your ignorance, I'll give you my knowledge. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And I've, I've, I've allowed that to be a part of my, my prayer time with the Lord because I want what he's got mm. and he can remove what I need to remove to receive what he's got for me. Mm. So in saying this, then once the interchange takes place, what happens then? Because that's what I want to explore tonight. Mm. Well, that's when the transformation happens. Yeah. That's when pers yeah, perspectives. perspectives change. Yes. And I think the interchange is where... That's when the conscience comes alive. That's where God can now bring your conscience alive again because now you've quietened the thing that was closing him up. Mm. That's right. And you've allowed his voice to speak. You know, it's like a. I just want to explain, like, the way that the brain works with the conscience. Let's hit that first. Go for Let's it. So Please. people will think yeah. about that. Yeah. It's like. Sorry. It's like a, a feeding. It's like you even have a. Can I even say this? You even have a relationship with your own conscience. There it is. The more you feed it, the more it will grow. Mm. And the there more it will be it become is. a prevalent thing in your life. The less you feed it, talking in a godly way now, the less it will grow. And so the less it will have prevalence in your thoughts because it's that voice that God has given you there as that voice of conviction and reason. And when it's sanctified and spirit-filled with the believer, it's an even greater force. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that little thing that when we go to do something that's always tugging on the, on the, real, the real us, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the real spirit man of us saying, you know, you shouldn't be here. Shouldn't have said that. Like, you know... Uh, this is not the time. Yeah. It's that kind of inner voice. And I'm learning that with this, the more I speak to that and the more I give that room to grow, I think I've just expected sometimes as a Christian for my conscience just to automatically pop up, pop up and grow into this mm -hmm. super Christian, you know, superpower that will stop me from moving in my flesh. Mm -hmm. But I have to cultivate a relationship with that. Mm -hmm. And so when we come back, we'll talk about how we can cultivate. But I think one of the biggest things that's stopping our conscience from speaking loud is not sin. It's us. Mm. So, Ciao. Chile. We need a break. We need a break real quick. That was very good. To get our conscience in line to receive this word that's about to come forth because Hallelujah. You know, I'm feeling a little like... You sang a high hallelujah tonight. We did. We did. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, so don't go anywhere because you're conscious to tell you to come right back. So we'll be right back. <laughs> that was really good.
Estás escuchando Portals con la doctora Robin Cassis, donde ella recibe del cielo y te lo regala a ti. Este programa es narrado por Shania Anis y presentado por el liderazgo de Torque New York, la pastora Robin Cassis, el pastor Tony Cassis y el pastor Nathan Cassis. Sigue escuchando para que recibas mucho más. guys hopefully this conscience of yours is in line because we got some sub portaling happening some real portaling happening and a lot of things is just happening is it clear is it clear <laughs> i don't know is it good has to be clear <laughs> anyway um We were sub-portaling. As we were sub-portaling, the topic mm -hmm. came up of, well, do non-believers have conscience? The answer is yes. Oh, yeah. But it's a conscience that's not alive to God. Mm. It's dead to God. Yeah. Now, God, in his favor and grace, he's granted the world what we call common grace, i.e., everybody goes up, uh, gets up in the morning, goes to work, and they can prosper in life depending on, you know, God's ultimate plan, like Jesus said, he makes his reign to come upon the righteous and the ungodly because mm -hmm. he's a good God. He's good to everybody, even when they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the conscience, uh, an unregenerate person has a conscience that's aligned with the law of sin and death. Mm. All right? Now, a believer has a conscience that's aligned to the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. Remember, Paul says, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Mm. So the unregenerate conscience knows the law, right? And what the devil's doing is he's, he's making their consciences numb yep. to the law. That's why lawlessness is mm. in the world. So when, when we call, like, um, good things bad things, 
the devil is effectively taking away your consciousness of right and wrong. Mm. Wow. So every man does what's one. right in his own eyes. We're, we're, we're degenerating to that. Yep. And so do you, do you understand? Like this is why they can call things that are ungodly good mm. and mm. things that are godly bad. Yeah. So you know? you're saying, i got to ask him about this because this is really powerful. You just said... You, if we say something is good and it's really bad, say it again. Yeah, when we call something that God calls good evil, we're, we're or searing your conscience. Or anything that's evil good, that's which seems to be what the world is doing right now for the most part. They're mm-hmm. calling evil things good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's no boundaries, there's no, you know, there's no conviction. So what's the response? What's the conclusion of that? Well, this is the enemy's way of numbing Mm. the God-given conscience. Or Paul calls it the seared conscience. Mm. Mm. Where sin has become such a part of your life that now that, you know, that that compass that used to tell you the difference between right and wrong, it's, it's been recalibrated to favor evil right rather than good and so, so um you know the lord the lord says that he actually gives people over to a reprobate yeah. mind but that comes down to us you've got to hit that again yeah, because it's powerful that's too powerful that's a statement that we think we have the choice to call good something that's bad mm. but this implies when you do that, something's being affected. Yeah, yeah, and I remember you teaching and ministering spiritual gifts. Yeah. Because um, let's not confuse. I know Brother Tim's going to come up, Pastor Tim, and he's going to guest and share what the Lord showed him for his message about um, conscience. There's a difference between conscience and conscious, but they are intertwined. And, you know, I want to bring that up. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit speaks through the subconscious voice, but he also speaks through the conscience in the conscious voice. Mm. So you've got got to learn to understand. It's a little bit tricky. But one thing that you were saying about, like, you know, when we call something evil that's good, what that does is that numbs it. And so the next time that thing comes around where the Holy Spirit expects us to stand for what he's called us to stand for or to choose based on his spirit, the the pulling towards righteousness is less mm-hmm. because now that part of listening to that voice has become numb. And if you numb something enough, yeah, then guess what? You become paralytic to it. Oh, Jesus. Mm. And then your brain sort of, and I think mind is the better definition, pastor taught us in ministering spiritual gifts, there's different minds that we can have. You know, yeah. we're to have the mind of Christ, which is the spiritual mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we jump in and out. Sometimes we move to the carnal mind, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we move to the soulish mind, mm-hmm. you know? And then when we have a seared conscience enough that we've given it that replay so often, that's when it moves us to the reprobate mind, mm. which is where there's a reprobate mind is unaware of the voice of God speaking to them. For a believer, I'm saying. Mm. And then for the world, it's an unaware voice of the law. And that's Mm. where right now becomes wrong. Wrong Wrong becomes becomes right. right. Man can marry a man. Like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. every line blurred. is blurred. All the lines and we blurred. learn that lines are there to provide security. I'm learning this as a young father with my children. If I was to tell my kids, do whatever you want, the joy of that and the euphoria of that in the moment is great. But after a while, that gets pretty, pretty like scary, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. insecure because they don't know where to stop and where to start or where yeah. to start and where to stop. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of that searing the conscience is that we have allowed ourselves to deem things that are good that God has said are evil. Mm-hmm. And so it's numbed that Holy Spirit response in us, you know, and I found when I was in the industry, I can only speak from my personal experience. I was talking to someone about this tonight. I found I was becoming numb to things I was seeing. I would walk down the streets and I would see certain things, you know, being a new person in New York City, different lifestyle than Sydney, Australia. I was a lot more exposed to Mm -hmm. different lifestyles, different ways of thinking, different Mm -hmm. opinions. And when you're inundated with it 24-7, you know, as a person in the industry, you can begin to reason Mm -hmm. with, some. well, they're doing that because... You know, they've got trauma from the past and that trauma has affected this and, you know, they've got a real inadequacy and all that is true. But what the Lord required of me was to still have a point of difference, a point of separation. So one day I was walking home from my class and I was, this something played out in front of my eyes on the New York City streets. And I, in New York City, it's acceptable. In Australia, it it wasn't the norm. So I stopped in the middle of the road and I was like, God, this is enough. I'm getting too used to seeing this. And it's not, I'm not having that gut reaction that I used to have. If I saw it before, I would have a gut reaction like, you know, move into that whole, oh Lord Jesus, cover my eyes. Like, you know what I mean? But it's something in me had been numbed. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Lord, I hope this helps people. I said to Lord, Lord, I'm seeing it on the physical level and it's not affecting me. So I need to see what's going on in the spirit right now. behind this situation so I can see, so I can be, you know, have a grotesque kind of repulsive reaction that you would have because when you look at it, you're not looking at the people, you're looking at what's behind the people. Yeah. You know, and so I said to the Lord, show me. And then I kid you not, it was like I went into like, you know, a spiritual vision and I saw these demonic forces behind these people Mm. engaging in such like gross things and it began to bring up this repulsive, like, you know, sort of reaction. And most people would have been like, spirit. Uh, uh, and I just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let that be the constant thing that I see when I see this from now on. So he really gave me a key. When you want to make sure that your conscience isn't being seared, you've got to ask him to show you what's going on in the supernatural realm. This That's is good. what I this yeah. is what I did this morning. Yeah, you can't you can't get a you can't get that kind of alert on a on a normal worldly realm. It right. won't come. Right, right. No. I was saying that to Pastor Robin cuz um yes, she know. walked us through that prayer and I was like I'm so glad you said that cuz I thought I tend to um, not be reached in an emotional way very easily. I'll put it that way. So it's hard for me. I'm learning to know when something is sensitive and I need to, like, understand the sensitivity of it. And I'm learning when it's like, no, it shouldn't affect me in a 
ungodly burden some way. So I'm learning the balance of that. So when Pastor Robin said that, that kind of helped me go beyond what I might feel about a circumstance because we've been, by the grace of God, been learning a lot of these things that we'll be talking about soon um, for a couple years now. Yeah. And because it gets so, it's so much information that was coming out, you know, so rapidly, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to get into a place where it's like, yeah, I know it happens. Like, duh, you, you know, you're late, you know, mm-hmm. like that, but then not be aware of it. And I was telling a sister, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I'm feeling like I can't just watch this stuff anymore. Like, I feel like the Lord is requiring something. Yeah. He can't just have us, you know, learning about certain things, even if it's about the faith and just it being head yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I was telling them I had to take a break because I need to see what the Lord wants to say about learning this stuff. And when you said that today, it really dawned on me like this is what I was hearing from the Lord, but I didn't couldn't put my finger on it. So. Um, thank you for walking us through that. Just saying, Lord, you know, show it to me where it's in my face. Yeah. You know, and literally it came like literally to the front door when we that, said that. Yeah. That was word for word what yeah. I said this morning after the the terrible news about the little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but he went to heaven, but the little boy, you know, that, that his life was taken and I just felt so strongly and then seeing other things and knowing other things and hearing other things uh, I don't want my conscience to become dull yeah. or numb, I don't want it so I said to the Lord put it in my face put it in my face and, and so that this will never happen because as I said tonight, my testimony coming to America to live was I'd never seen anything like this. Not that saying Australia isn't a place where things happen. I found out recently a lot more went on than I knew in Australia. But let's go back. Just having breakfast, just having breakfast. When I first got here, sitting down, having breakfast, having breakfast cereal, putting the milk in the breakfast cereal at the bowl and having this face stare at me yeah. on the milk carton. This, I wasn't used to that. Like that I went, what is going on? Yeah. I can't believe this. I've never seen this on a milk carton. Have you seen this child? Never seen anything like it. It threw me, it threw me, and I have never let that leave me. So I questioned every American that I knew, do you know about this? Do you know about this? Yeah, yeah, it's happening all the time. My comment was straight away, well, what's been done? I've learned since. Lots of things are being done, but people's hands are tied too. And so this is why I want to talk about this tonight. As a Christian, where's my conscience to go? Mm-hmm. Where is it to go? Can I just share? Um, Please. You guys are talking about an experience that Lot had. Mm. Go ahead. Mm. You know, this Lot, is what we're <clears throat> bring Abraham's nephew was 
given the opportunity to, you know, expand his business, expand his horizons. He, Abraham said, you know, you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And so he chose to live next to the city of Sodom. And over time, because he wasn't, you know, detoxifying, because I remember Nate, when Nate was going into the music slash dance industry, he had to come home and detox every single night Mm -hmm. because of the exposure he got to, you know, lawlessness. And if I can quickly just add, part of that detoxing was defining with the Holy Spirit sitting down, and I did it every night before I would go to bed and in my own personal prayer time, this is what your word says. This is what is right. This, this is what is, is what wrong. Established truth. You know, a man is to be with a woman. Yeah. You know, one man, one woman for life. No matter how many experiences I'll go through, this is what is truth. And I would say that to myself and regurgitate and really re-emphasize those pathways. So Ooh. just to continue to that. Yeah, uh, go ahead, and what Nate said is really, really the bottom line. Not only are we to commune with God to be freed from, you know, the things that are, are binding us, but the Word of God is our compass. Mm-hmm. And Lot had his compass blurred because mm. he wasn't detoxifying. He'd go into the city of Sodom. Mm. He would see a lot of darkness, a yeah. lot of wickedness that was acceptable to them. But it, it got to the point where him and his family no longer had the willpower to walk away from it. Yeah. Remember, the angels wanted to take him out of the city and they, they blatantly refused. They literally had to grab him by the hands and drag them out. Because mm-hmm. the scripture says that they tarried. They, they were giving the angels a hard time. If it wasn't for Abraham's intercession, they would have been swallowed up with the city. But... Nevertheless, Peter calls him a righteous man. He said mm. his, his, his righteous soul was vexed. Now, this is the word. The sin in the world can vex your soul. Oh, yes, it can. This is a big word. Vex means it can deceive, it can manipulate, yeah. it, can, it can put pressure on you, yep. you know, to, to allow you to let that part of your spirit that's telling you walk away this is wrong you'll compromise because that's really what lot's life was a life of compromise Mm -hmm. and so if we don't detox like nate used to detox come you got to come home you got to spend time with christ and then go back to the compass the word you know lord what's your perspective on this get get it because if you go to bed without it the devil will add to it tomorrow. Oh, my And gosh. that's when the unconscious wow. mind will start to bring things up. Bring it forward. <clears throat> that you haven't allowed your conscience to speak to in your conscious mind. Mm. Through your dreams, through your visions, through, you know, visitations. And I think what's important there too is that when you are detoxing, it's not just the Word of God. I would constantly be quoting the prophecies that was spoken over me because there would be so much presented to me that would go against what God has said. Mm. And again, to establish the power of the word of truth. This is, you need a true north. Pastor Tony preached a a Mm -hmm. message one time in Jazz Gallery, one of the strongest messages on this topic. Where's your true north? And then it got to me, the Holy Spirit went deeper and he'll go deeper when you start to say, okay, Lord, I want my north to point to you. 
And then he'll ask you, well, why are you letting your compass point to something else? Because you can't ask for a clear conscience without acknowledging the part that you're letting override because it feeds something in your own identity. With me, why was I turning a blind eye, allowing the numbness to come in because I wanted to be accepted? Because I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to feel a part of things. So there was an insecurity in me that I had allowed to speak louder than the voice of God to remind me, no, this is my word, this is my will. And because of that insecurity of being in a new town, being in a new you know, setting and wanting to fit in, that was what I was listening to. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now that insecurity, and I'm going to help some people here, started to blur the lines yep. of what was right and what was wrong. So I started to look through the eyes of insecurity like, well, they just want to be accepted like I want to be accepted. You know, maybe it's not so wrong. Maybe, you know, we're all looking for love. We're all looking for acceptance. Look, the enemy is a deceiver, a liar, the way he spins it. And that's when I had to come back to the Lord and say, whoa, this is scaring me, God. I need to see. And I actually said, I want to see the absolute evil yeah. of this thing because I know that's the only thing that's yeah. going to wake me up out of this funk. You know, get woke, like you said tonight. Right. Well, and- I was just going to make a comment. Um, you know, most of us understand that, say, the last... 30, 50 years of, so, um, you know, mass media like television, radio, video now and, I mean, the computer and internet. Now, when, when I was a young boy, my, my parents took me to see a movie at a movie theatre, the first time I'd been in a, mo- in a movie theatre in my life. And my parents come from old school, like, lifestyle, mm-hmm. very innocent. When they saw this couple kissing in the movie, my mother hid her eyes. She went, oh, my God, what a shame. They're kissing in public. Mm-hmm. Now, look at how far we've degenerated. We've mm. gone from, oh, God. oh, my God. You know what I mean? And um, to the point now, because we've been pumped, you know, for so many years, now we the, the, the line of what's... Right and wrong is really blurred. blurred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really blurred. It's become because now it's you know go shopping, you know try before you buy, all this kind of stuff. This is what Hollywood pumps out, and it's making our young people think that's the norm. The bar gets lowered every generation, and and the church has to take responsibility for that. Absolutely. The church has to take responsibility. So now when we come out as pastors and we say to people, look, avoid dating, avoid, you know, connecting with someone that you don't know is going to be your lifelong spouse or partner because the pain that you'll go through, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds crazy. That sounds so old-fashioned. Yeah. But remember the compass. This is what God says about it, you know. And it's, you'd be amazed at how many Christians can't receive that because they think, no, you, you're straight out of the Middle Ages, man. Right, right. And, and it's, it's not us. It's the Scripture. Right. It's Let me tell you here a story about this very thing. I'm just kidding. Can I just say, though, uh, before you add, no one blurs the lines except you. Wow. No one can blur the lines unless you let them. Yeah. And this is what God had to show me. I was blaming the environment. I was blaming the industry. I was blaming people 
But I wanted the lines to be blurred because if the lines were blurred, then I could Give fit in pass. easier. Yep. It's an excuse then. It if is. The, if the lines We've got to take responsibility. The enemy can't make the lines blurred. But he doesn't the, have that power. If the lines get blurred, then you've got the excuse, you see. But you said no one can blur the lines but you. And that's true. No one can do it but it's you. It's the truth. And so when I had my experience... The Lord was so gracious and he took me back to the word of God because I said, God, why? Why? Why do I see these faces of these children? Mm. And why do I, why am I hearing horrific things taking place? And then he said, every man does what's right in his own eyes. And that has been something that I have been able to communicate to people who come out with statements and say, well, everybody has the right to do what or believe what they believe. And I always come back and hit them with some pretty heavy statements. So a child lover has the right. A pedophile has the right. Because you just said every man yep. has the right to do what he believes in his own eyes. Yep. That was my detoxer. That detoxed me very quickly. Yeah. Again, um, sin, sin is degenerative. It keeps going down, never goes up. And again, I'm referring to like, you know, like the ratings we have on movies. Now, what would take an R rating 20 years ago, we'll probably get maybe an M or even a PG. I'm telling you, this is how far we've dropped. Because yeah. in earlier days, just a swear word would get an R rating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I think an M, like a, a mature audience gets the rating for a lot of these curse words. And they are common now. You can, you can have curse words and some movies are a PG. Yeah. What are we doing? We're, we're lowering the bar. We're not increasing the bar. We are seeing soft porn teetering on hard porn with an R rating. And so much is getting mixed in. And, and if you watch Saints, and I'm, if, if you feel convicted, that's good. Because if you're watching R-rated movies... But don't and, be condemned. And be think, convicted. And oh, think that you can handle it. What Pastor Nate said earlier is, what happens is if you, are, if you don't detoxify after watching something like that, mm. it's going to you know, numb your conscience a little more for next time. Yeah. And so you'll, you'll keep going down instead of up. And again, not to condemn, but you've got to, be, you've got to be careful. Your five senses need to be filtered through the Holy Spirit. What yeah. you hear, what you see, what you smell, taste and touch, right? And so this is very important because a little look now, a little inquisitive now, tomorrow it'll be, well, I don't want to look, I want to touch. I don't want to touch, I want to eat. This is, what, this is how we've got deceived. Mm. And so... Thank God for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That can empower us, you know, to, to detox and get God's perspective. 
I don't know if we're going off course, but no. this is important this is because yeah. a, lot, a lot of believers are getting their lines blurred and then they feel like, oh, we're judging you. No, we're not. We're just telling you to go back to the anchor, the Bible. The Bible. But I want to this challenge a, a lot of believers want their lines blurred. They do. Go back to the Bible. That's your true north. True north is what the Lord has said on any given subject. And that's not old fashions. The word of God is forever, from beginning to end and forever. It's, it's never out of date. It's telling us the truth when it says that when we covet something, it can lead us to sin. Mm. And it's, it's not instant. I know we're going to throw to you because I know you've got to add something. It's not instantaneous. Okay. And this is, what we have to this is what we have to realize. The enemy's assault and his attack is not to blur your conscience, blur the lines all at once. It's, remember, it's the relationship that you Slow. have with it. He'll test you. He'll put something in front of you and he'll say, I'm going to test. Do you respond to this? Or do you respond to that voice? Yeah. And so he watches you. He learns you. He learns how you respond. Mm -hmm. And so each time as you respond to a certain voice, the relationship with that voice gets greater. Mm -hmm. If I respond to my conscience and the Holy Spirit using my conscience as a voice of reason and conviction and convincing, because mm -hmm. when he uses it, it becomes such a powerful tool, then it's the enemy has no like plight in tempting me or coming at me and saying, here's an option. I'll be like... I don't even hear that. But if there's a little bit in me and I give that to that, then next time it's presented, ah, that was my go-to last time. Then my, 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 my soul and my spirit, well, my soul says, what did I get from that last time? Mm -hmm. You know, what did it feed me? Ah, I remember that and it fed me that. And so I give it more power. And now this voice starts to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until God has to fight to get in. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be that the enemy has to fight to get in. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a degenerative process, meaning over time. It's not all at once. Right. If it was all at once, you would recognize it straight away. Yes, yeah, straight out. Straight out. He uses time to test you. Right. To see how you will respond with your mind. What do you give your mind to? And I'm preaching to myself here with this, you know. And we, that's what the Lord uses time to, to, to show, okay, you want the mind of Christ? Well, let's see. You choose the mind today. Do you choose it again in another week? Will you choose it again in a month's time? Right. Will you choose it again when the options aren't so nice that come with it? Mm -hmm. See, that's the part that we have, the authority that we have, the choice. But I'm getting back to this thing. What I'm being convicted is we've believed the lie that the enemy can blur the lines. Mm. We believe the lie that people can blur the lines. We believe the lie that circumstance can blur the lines. But we are the ones that blur the lines because yeah. it feeds something in us or that's something that's not being fed to us, we get out of it. Right. I wanted to bring something on that last statement you made. You said the thoughts we get. Mm -hmm. You once said we need to punish those thoughts. Yeah. Now, there's something where we blur the lines. We, I don't know if we think it's going to go away on its own. Mm. We often think, well, you know, I don't want to get do I want to think like that? Mm. You know, that's the way we behave. And Word of God clearly says we're to punish those thoughts. So how do I punish those thoughts? I tell that thought, how dare you come into my mind? Now you just go to hell where you belong. 
I address the thought. Yeah. yeah. You, you switch from a passive to a, uh, an active I, resistance. I will. And you put the thought in jail. We talked about this. You address it. You say, right, I'm putting that thought right now on remand. And Holy Spirit, I want your thoughts in an interchange. Give me your mind right now. I'm giving you mind. Yeah. And I've put mine in jail because it's not leading to, you know, faith, hope and love. Right. Then he says, child, this is what I'm saying. Then you punish those thoughts with his thoughts. You say, in the name of Jesus, that is not from the Holy Spirit. That is straight out from hell. So while you've been in remand, I've got true revelation of what I'm meant to be thinking. So I know it doesn't line up. There's my litmus test. There's my north. This ain't pointing to true north. So you thought you can go to hell. That's what yeah. I tell you. Know? Right. Go to hell. And I dare to say to it, how dare you? I'm a child of God. Don't enter my mind with your thoughts from the outside so you can just go to hell. Not only get behind me, but get to hell now. Right, right. That's, that's the way you resist properly. Okay, it's an, it's an active resistance. You're taking that thought captive, you're arresting it, and you're dealing with it. Yeah, but most people... It's not people enough just to say, I don't want to think that. I don't yeah, want to think that. Yeah, that's what most people do. You've got to address it as a personality. The thought in your head that's leading you to sin is a personality. It's yeah. a spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your mm -hmm. mind is just the landing, you know, runway. It's the runway for these thoughts, which is really spirits. You start with, I don't want to think that. But then the Holy Spirit brings you to, well, you really do want to think that. And that's where he locates. And that's where he can really set you free from that seared part of your conscience. Because the denial has been numbing it too. We yeah. talk about another thing that, you know, numbs the conscience. Denial. Yeah. Pretending like it isn't when it is. It's not that bad, you know. I'm not like that. I find the most, the power that the Holy Spirit has in me when I can be effective for his change in me is when I say, Lord, I wanted to think that way. I wanted the pleasure that came with thinking that way. I wanted the satisfaction that came with being right. You knew it was in my heart. Why am I trying to fib and lie before you? You know what's in my heart. So I said to our students on Wednesday, this is something I wanted to do, but I don't know how to fix the car, going back to Pastor Robin. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to cut this out of me. I don't know how to cut always wanting to be right, always wanting to have the last say out of me. So I need you to do it through me, because I've got no answers. Right, And this right. is, if I may, I'm sorry, Nate. It's I just right. wanted to cut Spirit's in on there, because we're going deep now, guys. Yes, Really deep. Yes. Now, Nate's talking about, I wanted to. Now, the I wanted to is, if you go deeper, you're trying to pacify what you've perceived as either a need or a desire. Mm. The I wanted to is, my way of saying I need this to make me feel good or I don't know, whatever feel it is. Feel worth, yeah. Whatever it is that the hole you're trying to fill. Yeah. So the whole deal with Eve was Satan spun alive. He told her there's something you need that God doesn't want to give you. What a mm. lie. Mm. You know, one See? of the other things that... He still, spills, he still spins the same. You know, even Adam had all they needed. God said, you can eat whatever you want in this garden. You can even eat from the tree of life. See? Yeah. The yep, devil yep, comes yep. along and says, no, 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 no. This is not enough. Mm. You need more. 
Isn't that what he tells the world? But wow. I, I like to bring out wow. another thought on this, and that is fear. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be listening. No, I can't afford to to listen to you on this, Lord. Um, I can't oh, handle this. Yeah. I can't handle yeah. this. And so the fear sets in, the devil. If God is showing you something, you can handle it, okay? Because he will handle it through you. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said he wouldn't give you a stone if you asked for bread. So if he's giving you bread, you can handle eating it. Right. So the fear that comes in, this fear, oh, my God, I thought this terrible thought. And so the guilt yeah. comes with it. So what do we do? Instead of dealing with it, we ignore it and we hope it'll go away. Yeah, we don't say, oh, wretched man that I am. You know, we Please. say, oh, I'm not that bad. I can't be Please. that bad because if I'm that bad, then it's too scary. Or Where have I got to? Or Been there. If, I, if I just ignore it, it's going to leave. Well, every thought has to be brought into the obedience of Christ, good or bad, okay? It has to be brought and made captive. And then it must be dealt with, okay? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, my conscience will become seared. Eventually, it will become numb. I taught on this, the different levels. It becomes numb. And we always look at a carnal mind as something that it's not. It's something that continually becomes number and number and number until eventually, if you don't listen to what the spirit is saying, it becomes reprobate. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we don't just have one subject for that reprobate mind, okay? Anything that God's trying to tell you when you won't listen, oh, eventually it, out. It, it, it passes over from carnal to reprobate. Mm -hmm. I have something to add because the Holy Spirit is flowing here. The, the thought that out of sight, out of mind, yeah. that's not scientifically possible. Thought is mental real estate. The moment Thank you think you. it, those neurons, those proteins, they're connected. Now, whether you give it, you know, road traffic for that particular point in time, that's when the thought becomes greater and bigger. Yeah. But just because you won't think on it at that point of time doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's still in your brain. Your brain is waiting for you to give it the traffic to activate it. Mm -hmm. So the enemy, he puts that little lie in your head. You might, you know, oh, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to think on that now. Like, you know, but until you actually take it captive, find the root of why the thought got in there in the first place right. and then start to, you know, dig out from that place, oh, the thought still has power right, because right. it's there. It's and literally it been connected scientifically. Never gone away. Yeah, it's literally been connected scientifically. And so all the brain has to do, and I talk about this in my seminar on the power of the brain, all the enemy has to do is combine the right situation and ingredients of pain, trauma, emotion, inadequacy, insecurity, fear, desire, desire. lust, fear. fear, and all those ingredients oh. will say, ah, there it is. Now take we it. can trigger that thought. Yeah, take it. You know? Right. So we have to sort of get rid of that whole mindset out of sight, out of mind. There's no such thing in the kingdom of God. No. The moment you think it, it's there. 
Mm-hmm. It's landed. Unless you deal with it. And it's it. become a part of your biology, and that is science. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's scary. scary. That's scary. That's scary, Shania. That's scary. Yeah. Sorry, I'll let you talk the now. Rea- the rea- <laughs> I forgot. Keep going. Keep the reality going. is, you know, I, I thought the Apostle James is pretty harsh with his letters. You know, he, mm-hmm. he talks pretty straight. And there's one part there where he says, you adulterers, you murderers. He's talking to Christians. And I thought, wow, that's tough. Right. But what is he doing? He's going right back to the source. You know, like if you're using your eyes in an ungodly manner, right, he goes back to the source. Because if you're compromising on that level, then you're going to be compromising on a deeper level. Yeah. If you, if you hate your brother without a cause, that's the next step to murder. If you don't check it, destroy it, get it out of your system, you have the potential of taking someone's life. And so this is why James really spells it out pretty, pretty you know, strongly. Okay, so an unchecked thought will spiral down. I think that's what Nate's, you know, alluding to. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit's conviction and empowerment to reverse that process. Only believers can do it. And it comes down to what you talked about, the mind. It builds a roadway. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can deal with a roadway is to destroy it. If it's not meant to be there, get rid of it. Right. Deconstruct. Deconstruct. Amen to that. We need to take a break, guys, because it's a lot that is coming out. (laughs) And just to give people (laughs) a chance to (laughs) process this in their conscious. Um, We just want to give them a a short break to kind of just let this land um, and then come right back because we need to tie it into what Pastor Tim put in and also what Pastor Robin wants to bring out in the end. say. Exactly. All right, guys, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Portos! 是由Robin 
Pastor Tim. He's got his own intro. And I know, right? Come on. You already prepared for the live portal slide. Um, it's good to see you, Tim. Good to see you, too. You know, although we I haven't seen strangers. You. <laughs> uh, this is my first time on Portals. This is true. This yeah. is your first time on Portals. Dun, 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 dun. I know. Like intro welcome, welcome, welcome. You welcome. have done, Exciting. you've been, as Pastor Tony said, you've been, and Pastor Nate has said earlier, you've been stepping into your teacher mantle. Teacher mantle. And it's, I must say, it's definitely a benefit and a joy to see you get so excited about scripture and just teaching us these things and the prophetic uh, foundations mm. in the prophetic as well. So it's just a treat to see that, you know, you have all these sermons and this wisdom is coming forth. The Lord is coming forth history. He's a such and a everything. History yes, buff. is coming forth. I learned so much. Buff. I know if you guys ever just see Tim around, you just you know, ask him some questions. He'll tell Talk you. Talk to him about the early church. I'm trying he to, he'll it. tell you all about it. I'm <laughs> telling you. Anyway. All right, Tim. Um, you had a sermon today. You had the um, privilege to teach the saints this morning. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your word. Yeah. I mean, um, it's been touched upon already about the idea of the conscience. The conscience is... Uh, well, I mean, it's that still small voice within us mm -hmm. that directs what we do. Um, you know, I explained it to one of the children in the church that it's the voice that tells you that stealing the piece of candy, yeah. even though it may be small and Tony, listen. is still the wrong <laughs> thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, um, and you know, and we just thank the Lord because I know it's online. You can watch it if you yeah. want. But I feel um, just by the spirit to share that, you know, it's a topic that I'm passionate about because not only am I aware of it um, as somebody uh, who came from a worldly life before I came to Christ, I'm aware of the, the, the process of, of, of my conscience being unsettled in the sinful practices that I participated in before I came to Christ. But the thing is, but... I like the word unsettled. Very unsettled. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, and, and just to be vulnerable here, you know, as a man who's been on the journey and who's been through a lot of transformation recently, uh, when I think Christians, and I'll talk more about this probably next week, is Christians go through um, a really severe trial if if they're double-minded on something. And, of course, James wow. talks about that. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. You know, Hold on. Let me get you a gem. You got yeah. so, to get you got acquainted with getting the gem. You got to be in, you know, a <laughs> yeah. recipient of I the gem button, okay? Welcome well, to the club. <laughs> yeah, so so the thing is, you know, th there's no more torturous feeling than um, than 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 being in a state of double-mindedness. And, and it's sad when believers are in that state because it means that there's something in them that they're just ignoring in the voice of God because God is not double-minded. So, you know, I went through quite a few trials over the past couple years. Past year or so had, had, was, was, was very difficult for me, a lot of personal circumstances. Um, and it caused me to, again, ask a lot of big questions. And I... and. Um, one thing that the Lord showed me progressively over the, uh, the, the past season of my life, year, year and a half, was, um, again, we have to 
we we will only be able to be single-minded if our conscience is settled on things that um, that have weight to them, right? Mm. So again, this is not so much the issue of the seared conscience of a non-believer, yeah. but as a believer, yeah. um, if we're turning our back on God, turning our back on hearing the voice of God because it's too hard or there's a challenge, yeah. then uh, yet again, we're going to have an unsettledness in the conscience. So that's why I go back to Paul and I say, well, you know, the, this man who I revere so much, he was able to say, um, you know, I have lived with a conscience without offense before God and man. Mm. And, and, and I said, yeah, I want that. You know, when I was in the bottom of, of my, my pit, my most recent, <laughs> um, you know, uh, season of trial, I said, you know what, God, I, if I don't have this, then I'm not going to be able to go forward. So I went, I really uh, spent a lot of time examining that in my journals and examining that in my own prayer time. So... I think the Lord finally led me to be able to present it to the body today. And it was very powerful. Very, very good. Yeah. And, uh, I very listened good. to it and I really got real leading from the Lord that Amen. that's what he wanted to speak about. Yeah. Yes. And again, it's very personal because you can be a believer, you can be a leader in a church, but if there's an area in your life mm -hmm. where you allow even just a drop of 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 um of an unsettled uh, unsettledness in your conscience about an issue or something that's come up and and I'm you know I I'm not going to share details but I'm thinking of some very specific stuff mm -hmm. yeah you mm -hmm. know and uh, not typical stuff right. yeah. Un, you know and you know pa pastors know because they've been walking with me on this mm -hmm. journey really untypical stuff but still enough to pull me away from moving forward long term in my in my um uh in my journey with god mm -hmm. so you know you let one thing drop in and your conscience is unsettled about it and you sort of just hope that it's going to go away and it won't but it doesn't go away right the bills are owed yep. okay yeah and that's and it's uh, not a works thing can because you, pay my bill? you know it's it, it's it, it's an amazing thing the consequences principle is really amazing because it's not the same as salvation it's not the same as eternal salvation because we'll never earn that that always comes to us. But yet, as we walk with the Lord, he's never going to allow us to enter into a situation that is going to um, bring us into a set of consequences that will kill us, mm. you know, and, and, and either spiritually or physically. And, and, and again, when I realized that I was allowing things to drop into my conscience that that were unsettled and that were disturbing me, but sort of just sort of hope they would go away. Mm. then I got myself in trouble. That's right. It's an amazing way of presenting that. I know, that's right. Can we just get into that fact of that turning a blind eye? And as a Christian, hearing that small voice, what that really does, because what I feel like in, in just looking over, hearing everyone speak and just my own personal take, it's like this fear of responsibility, right? Yeah. It's like, um, you know... I don't want to see it because I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. It's it's I I don't I don't want to you know know about it so because that's going to put the responsibility on me to do something about it. Say or something. Say something. Yeah, you want to see it, but you don't want to say anything about yeah, it. But right. See it. Say it. But another another side of that too is like you know I was saying 
because there was a lot of causes coming up in these last few weeks. Yes. Um, and, you know, people are wanting to say things left and right, you know, saying they seeing things in their eyes. I'm not saying it's a godly's perspective, but um, they're seeing their in their own eyes and then saying things. But I was challenging some some believers like, can you really say this and stand on it? Because I feel like the enemy also knows when you can't stand on something you're saying, even though you see something, but if it's not solidified, like you said, so it won't be double-minded in your conscience, and you speak on it prematurely, the enemy can pull on that too. It's like, up, oh, that's the insecurity there. Right. Even though you see it, the God, Lord has shown it to you. Yep. But I use that in reference of what we're going to go into talking about, about these children. It's like, you see it, you can tell people the truth about it and the examples of it, but can you stand on it knowing that God is either doing something about it within you or mm. ministering to you about it to give you a perspective to know that if somebody or the enemy was to challenge you in it in that yep. small little you know thing like, up, oh, I can trip you up on that, can yep. you stand still and say, no, I've heard from the Lord. So you shut up, enemy. No, yeah. Nothing is justified under this. Yeah. This should not be happening. And I should be on my knees about it, not giving grace to such and such and giving grace to this circumstance. Amen. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to this, and that is... Let me get myself again. Yeah. Yes. Do it. <laughs> no. I think it comes down to this. I had... Uh, this statement, and it says, if you see something, say something. That's on the New York trains. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. It, it's real. It is. It's very real. But where do you say it? Oh. No. Facebook. Where do you say it? Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Did no. you just say Facebook and <laughs> Instagram? No. I have a feeling Pastor's going to say no about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> you nah. actually say it to God first. Mm. Because if you say it to him, he'll say back. What's really happening? Mm, that's good. We talk about having a clear conscience. I think it's when you say it to people first yeah. that you start to numb your conscience too. Ooh, because they start to convince you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or their the enemy voice, through them. <laughs> their voice oh, oh. becomes the voice. Uh, oh, no, or the debate takes place. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the great debates. Ooh, we have the great, great debate. debate. And going back to what um, Pastor Tim was talking about on double-mindedness, you know, I think it's important, too, to understand that double-mindedness is the biggest distraction of the enemy. You talked about this in Fragmented Soul. And I think we as Christians think, okay, well, once I get, like, me in my own personal walk, like, when I'm double-minded, I was like, I can't get the answer that I, you know, so I've got to wrestle between these. But it's actually, the answer is actually there. It's waiting on the other side of you walking through the double-mindedness mm. to the one mind of Christ. Mm. It doesn't come after you decide to wrestle between the two thoughts of which one is greater. Yeah. The answer is there. The double-mindedness is the smoke and mirrors of the enemy to stop you from seeing what's already there, which is the answer. Right. You know? i got to say yeah. so because I'm taught on this. Yeah. Double-mindedness is not a, like a half and a half. No. It's not like half of your mind's thinking this way and the other half's thinking that way. There's two minds. Two minds. Two whole minds. minds. Wow. Mm. Not a half and a half to make one. Oh, jeez. Your soulish mind is warring with the mind of Christ. Whoa. Come on, hit that that's one. That's what double-mindedness is. Because that's what double-mindedness yep. is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two minds yeah, two warring. Minds. Yep. 
I mean, you know, Elijah breathe said, how out, long yeah. are you waiting breathe between two out. opinions? If Baal is God, serve Send God. Him. But if God, God is God, God, serve him. him. You know? So it wasn't like, oh, well, I think I want to serve Baal half the time. And I think I want to serve Baal <laughs> right. Jesus. He got a good quality. You know, and just make up your mind yeah. which one, you know, because half of you saying this. No, the whole of you saying one and the whole of you saying the other. So when you have two Full minds working together, you are unstable mm. in everything, not some things, but the Word of God says clearly, in all of your ways. And it's work. I think what she said there is so powerful. Jesus. Working together. Oh. All of your ways. We always think that they're warring, yeah. but you can walk through life familiar giving power to two minds. And then when you get to crunch time, that's when they war. And that's the relationship. You can have a relationship with your soulish mind. Do you feed your soulish mind and take it along with your Christ mind sometimes? See, sometimes we do that as Christians. We take our soulish mind to church because our soulish mind can still give us something that we can't get from the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's when the double-mindedness war takes place. Because now the mind of Christ is saying, no, let me speak louder but that, because you take the soulish mind along the journey, there's a war. And there's a battle yes. to yeah. speak louder. Right. Yeah. Each one wants to speak louder. Yeah. And so you just become so unstable. Yeah. You can't even think after that. And yeah. just to add a quick thing, um, Pastor, on what you just said, just blew my mind, of course. Um, the half and half bit. Because I think I hope that's you where the other one out. Yes. Blow <laughs> that um, mind out. Yes, the half and half bit. Realizing that it is two full minds. Because I've I've been I've also done this, but I've also heard other people's like it comes from where that that part where it's like I think the Lord said. That yeah. half of it, like yeah. half of it, it's in the Lord, yeah. and half of it yeah. is like yeah. He said this, but. What he said is actually feeding your soul, man. So did he really say that? And then it just caused this double-mindedness. Even in, within myself, I'm speaking for myself here. But it causes this this constant war thinking God is half saying something against what I'm half feeling. To quote something that was said tonight in one of our counseling sessions is very prophetic. When God says something is something, he doesn't say it's potentially it. Right, that's what I'm <laughs> right that there. Is, that is the biggest load of nonsense. That is the most prevalent form of a double, double mind. You know, when God says this is the person or when God says this is the door, he doesn't go, oh, it's potentially, potentially the, the door. door. Or I felt like he Let's said it. Let's test it out. Wow. Let's see if the potential adds up. You know, Actually, to the I, assignment. I was the one that gave that advice and I, I had to, I was the one that said those words and I had to say, I've never read that in the Bible. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Isaac, she's potentially yours. No. Oh. <laughs> he said, this is her. This and is see, because potentially, again, she's yours. Potentially, oh, she's potentially yours because then that throws in, well, Let's wait to see where her character lines up. Let's wait to see where yours lines up, performance. Mm -hmm. Let's wait to see if she responds. No, the Lord said, this is her. Right. Wait to see if there's no one left. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I just wanted to hit that. But 
Let's continue. <laughs> Let's continue, shall we? Because I think that we as Christians so sometimes think that's how God speaks. And yeah. this potential, let's talk about something that's going to sear our conscience. This will also sear our conscience because that is not how God speaks. No. Right. He doesn't say, Tal, this is potentially yours. Now, there's a difference in like conditions and obedience. Yes. God will say, this is it. And then he'll say, now this is the condition. Yeah. yeah. He won't say, mm, I think this is it. Right. Maybe. You know, mm. and that's sometimes we give God credit for speaking like that. That's not us. I mean, that's not him speaking. That's us speaking. Yeah. Right. And we're listening to that. That's actually searing the voice that is trying to show us what is really God. Yes, it's dulling it down. And we learned that in foundations to yep. give um, foundations credit where credit is due, where you guys were saying that's how you train in the prophetic yes, to move away from the feeling of it and know that, you know, say it's the Lord. Because it requires no faith. Right. And, and it's the same for it's us. It's a safety net for you in case mm-hmm. you slip you up. miss it, yep, yep. You but if it's God, it's God. It's got to be the first person, yep. not yep. potentially the first person. Right. Oh, Lord. Sorry, Tim, sorry, you wanted Tim. to add. Just get on the <laughs> I know, we're sorry. Oh, I'm just like, yep. <laughs> but it's a challenge. It because is. Because, again, you know, I mean, none of us are walking out this thing perfectly. I, I imagine even Apostle Paul uh, you know, he had the grace to have a conscience without offense towards God and man, but uh, he never claimed to be perfect in his life. So he was probably even him still fine tuning the dial in his walk, um, not when he was writing scripture, but when he was, you know, living his life out. And yeah, it's it's a challenge. It's and, a real and, challenge. And Tim, when he wasn't living his life out for Christ, He was living his life out for whatever reason, whether it be religion or what he thought, his belief system. But he saw everything. He knew all this stuff was going on. So when it came to Christ, he already knew. No one had to convince him about how evil man is Mm -hmm. without God. You Mm. see? It, it's where it is. And, and so it's when we go into denial. Yeah. We go into denial. Denial will put you on we'll, trial. And we'll, yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> um, we go into denial and we, we go through for many reasons. Yeah. One can be fear. One can be, we, look, honestly, one of the biggest ones is debating I don't want to debate what evil is. Evil is evil, okay? And what people do, minus God, can be evil. So why are we debating it? It's not even an issue like that. It's there. And if you want to keep your eyes closed, you'll not see it. But if you open your eyes, church, and you ask the Lord to show you, he will let you see it. Because you need to see it as the church. You need to see this Mm -hmm. so that your prayers can make a difference. Right. Yeah, it's like this culture where we'll question everything God is doing. As soon as something is presented, (laughs) like if you believe there's a devil... I don't care if it's something as extreme as, oh, I just saw, you know, this evil thing fly out of the sky. I would actually potentially believe that more 
than trying to question what God is actually doing. Yeah. And that's the the blurred lines that we're I feel like we're living in so much where people will hesitate yeah. to believe that there's an evil, no matter how extreme it is or how light it is. We the, the church sometimes will hesitate to believe that this evil thing is going on versus but would challenge anything under the sun that God could be potentially doing. Like we studied about the moves yep. of the Lord coming forward and yep. they were always, you know, butting heads of receiving it. Mm. But then, you know But then why can't we this is what receive it when we know it was being done in the days of Jesus, before Jesus. Right. Yeah. They were selling, eating their children. They were putting their children and worked and giving them up to Baal. Right. But can't we see the same thing? It hasn't changed. Nothing's new under the sun. It's happening again. Yeah. And we don't want to believe it because, I don't know, Don't we just don't want to believe something so evil. Yeah. Well, my brothers and sisters, the devil is still working evil things wow. today. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think, right. I think part of the reason we don't want to believe it is because then we have to take responsibility. Right. Yeah. You and know, put something on us. It, yeah. And we don't, don't want to take that responsibility. Yeah. yeah. But we have to see it, say it. Yeah. I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it. I love not to see it. I have grandchildren that I love. They're beautiful children. Yep. And I would like to believe in fairy tales too. Yeah. But guess Disney what? Disney gospel. Guess what? This is not the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Everybody oh, well. lives happily ever after. <laughs> Listen, study their lives. They weren't happily uh, ever they after. They sure wasn't. I know they didn't. <laughs> I have a things I ha that went on behind There's the scenes. A story. I do have <laughs> about the Bradys. <laughs> oh, no. I oh, do no. have a few oh, questions man, for is, you guys. You like that, that is pretty funny. You like that? I do, Tim. I, I do have some questions, right. if I may. Come on, question number one, shall we? We got to bring the question box up, team. The if we question. can bring the question box oh, up for well. our yes. listeners too. Go ahead, I have a question. Um, one question is, um, sometimes I, I see this also as a stumbling block, and I've had this stumbling block too, of thinking I'm being too spiritual by mm. asking God these minute things, right? <laughs> so. Oh, Jesus, please. Minute? That's what, this is why I'm bringing it up. That's For it those right. who are still. Oh, I, I want to spew right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring me a bucket because oh, I need to spew if she, the way right she's right. <laughs> um, but my question is, how do we, when it comes to the, the I don't want to say small things, but we were talking about being aware of your eye gate, the movies, yeah. things that we usually wouldn't invite the Holy Spirit in. I think I'm answering my question I, by answering yeah, thank you. it. I think you're answering your own. Next question. <laughs> Next question is... Uh, one of the questions no. that I hear is, well, if I acknowledge it, I give power to the enemy. You know, if I acknowledge the evil in this world, then isn't that glorifying Satan? Isn't that giving more, you know, credit mm -hmm. to the devil? And I actually think, this is my perspective, I'm not saying it's scripture or anything, but it's my perspective. I actually think that when I can acknowledge the evil going on, 
and still call God Almighty, eternal, overcomer. Yeah. yeah. That actually gives more power to the yeah. Lord. Mm. Yeah. Character. Because mm. if Character. I say you're Almighty, eternal, overcomer because you overcame everything on the cross and that is true. Yeah. But it, it distances me from the reality of what has been overcome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when I can say, in spite of everything that I see that yep. is evil, I'm a part of this reality of this world that's evil, mm -hmm. what I see, but yet you overcame, that makes that victory personal. Yes. And that makes the authority and the, you know, the actual, like, or, um, what's the uh, majesty of, of Christ? Sovereignty. Se yeah, sovereignty tangible for my everyday life. Because if I can say, Holy Spirit, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not denying that it's going on. But if I acknowledge, yes, this is going on, but you, Lord, are reigning supreme on the throne, that actually gives more power. To mm -hmm. him in my belief. It doesn't diminish his power. I'm not saying evil is overcome good. I'm saying you've overcome evil. But a lot of Christians think, oh, the moment I acknowledge the devil or what's going on, oh, that's taking power away from God. Is God that no, shallow? No, no. No. Is God that insecure? No. 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 <laughs> Again, I believe it's because a lot of Christians, if they acknowledge evil, then they have to take responsibility, responsibility and they have to step Lord, don't get me started on this, into authority. Mm. And no one wants yeah, to step into good, authority mate. because it takes us out of lazy Christianity. Because yep. right. right. when you have an authority, you have to exercise it. And when I... Oh, Jesus. When I stop denying, stop denying what's going on out there and in the church and everywhere else it's happening, when I stop denying it, I can take responsibility for him to be sovereign. But if I don't stop denying it, then he doesn't have to be sovereign. Yeah, and it's it, true. It just hides me. Yeah. It hides I me. use the example of like a cut. Like I love using medical things. Mm -hmm. So say like, you know, if Levi or Karen cuts their skin quite bad, I know the power of the ointment can work, right? Because, you know, I've used it before. So say I put, like, you know, Neosporin. I'm just using a physical example. I oh. know Neosporin works. No, don't don't mention right? names. But <laughs> whatever it is. But I put, that on the, I put that on without a cut, you know, and I have to trust that Neosporin is working even though I don't see the devastation. But if I can put that cream on the cut itself and see the devastation of what's happened and then put the cream on and then see the cream through the days heal and I see the cut actually transform, that really shows me that the cream works. I'm giving you that physical example. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the same with what God is doing to expose evil. He's showing us the cuts mm -hmm. and it's yeah. because he has the ointment of his spirit that he wants to put on the cuts to show us the power. Sorry to yep. throw it back to you. No, it's okay. No, I just want to share a quick testimony about it because when we first were in Jazz Gallery and we were starting to introduce um, pastors, you guys were starting to introduce some of these evils that were kind of... These subjects. These subjects that were coming up. You know, I one of the biggest questions I had to the Lord is like, Lord, let's just say... Hypothetically, you aren't real. Why are they going so hard yeah. to attain a power Why that are they you have? Something yes, that's not real. Right. 
why is there such a counterfeit for something that's not real? And that's and I, I yeah. took myself out of Christianity and all that for one second to yeah. ask the Lord this question because it's like, what is it that they believe that's real? Yeah. But me yeah. as a believer can't seem to see that that's real. Yeah. And but it was pushing me so close to the Lord because it was just reminding me like, you have this power for us, this inheritance for us as sons and daughters as a gift. Mm -hmm. And these people that believe contrary to this, what we believe, will go the extra mile in hurting other people yep. and doing all these yep. things, physical things. And we talk about works, and this is why, you know, the Lord has so much emphasis at getting us out of the works to attain his goodness. Yeah. Because that's what they do to get, you know, to yep. please their gods. It's all performance. It's, it's all, all based performance. on um, fear. Their motivation is fear. Yeah. I want to throw a spanner in the works. Come on. You know how I love to throw Do spanners it. in Do the it. works. So watch out. <laughs> I'd like to I'm throw definitely. a spanner in the works and say uh, people deny these things and yet they pay money to go and see movies about these things. Oh, oh my God. Is it easier? Conviction land. Conscience more uh, when you right. just watch it on the movie, screen right? rather than let the Holy Spirit show you. Is you it easy? Watch, you want to watch it no, on the screen, but not. you won't acknowledge it when it's seen. Yes. Oh. And we definitely need to be. It needs yeah. to be seen. Yep. Yeah. You want to? You would rather press play, but you won't open your mouth and say. Oh, oh. oh Jesus! I'm going to give this. Yeah, this is what it's yeah. about. And I'm not giving, um, I want people to understand, I'm not saying that God, because we're talking about our disobedience is not on the same level as his sovereignty. Yeah. I'm not talking That's about right. evil right. having to be there to prove who God is. God does not need the devil to no, prove who he is. No, no. But yet that kind of, you know, connection, when I can be in the midst of evil and I can see the power of God overcome that evil and still know what's... It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Can you imagine being there and, you know, let's say hypothetically and being one of the ten righteous? Mm -hmm. You know, you would have experienced a power of God. Now, that didn't happen. But you would have experienced a power of God to save you despite the evil around you. Mm -hmm. That That reality would have been so true in your life. So... I think we got to get rid of this excuse of, oh, well, when I acknowledge the devil, you know, I'm giving him power. If uh, I think God is that insecure, let me then go I there. need to get a new relationship with Let me with go Jesus. there because another one of them is, oh, no, everybody's got good intentions in their heart. Everybody. Mm. This is such a new age yeah. thinking. It's so new age. Well, we went to think thinking. on good things, Pastor. Or think on good things. Things of lovely report. I do. <laughs> I yeah, do. Right. I do think on good things. <laughs> do. And they're do. all about God, mm -hmm. not about evil. Yep. Yep. He does never want me to think on evil things and make them good. Yep. Ever. Mm. Ever. So don't go to movies and watch these terrible things. Yep. Because the movies keep on prophesying what's going on in the world. Yes, it does. Wow. <laughs> Bring that down. one. Question time. Okay. And then we'll wrap up. So please ah. say. It's a different one tonight. Ooh. Please, what you see, say. Go to God because he made man in his image. Mm -hmm. Before we have the questions, let me say this to you. 
He loved the world so much that he gave his son. He loves people so much. That's why I wanted to vomit in that bucket when you brought that out <laughs> to show that stupid question mm-hmm. was so stupid. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. He loves so much. Man, do you think he's not interested? He sent his son to die for little children. So start to protest about that. Oh, wow. Start to protest. And just to clarify so people can understand about that. What we're talking about Mm. is we're talking about Mm. when the Lord is showing you what's going on, we're talking about the conscience not being seared. We've talked about a personal conscience not being seared to do with our own relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord. But now we're sort of moving into a lane where we're talking about when we see evil in the world and we see things blatantly being put in our face, Mm. do we reason it away? Do we we argue it it away? Do we debate it away? Do we say to people before we say to God, do we see and not say? This is a season of saying. We said that, fade mm-hmm. to pay. That's it's a right. season to not just see it but to speak it. The authority is in the church when they speak in this season. Prophetically, that was declared mm. all over the world. So it's not enough to just see the promises of God. You have to speak them. Mm. It's not enough to just see the word of God. You've got to speak it. Well, that the same applies here. It's not enough to just see the conviction and the conscience of what God is pricking you with. You have to speak it. And where you speak it to, to first, like Pastor said, is you tell God. So this is even convicting me with like TV shows, little things that I see that I know are not of the Lord's spirit. I need to say to the Lord, Lord, that bothers you. That bothers you. And if because it bothers, it bothers you, you, it's going to bother me. me. And mm. so this is how we start yeah. to sort of bring the conscience back yeah. from being in a numb state. Mm-hmm. Because now when I watch that program or now when I walk down the street and I see a certain thing, I'm not going to be like, well, that's normal. Yeah. This whole narrative has been to get us to accept a new normal from this whole yep. shutdown. You know, everyone's mm. using the term the new normal. Yep. I hate that. Yeah, it's not a new normal. Yep. And Nothing's ever normal. So how can it be yeah. a new normal? But we have to go back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, this bothers your heart, so it's got to bother my heart. That's right. Little things. Yeah. The way that person spoke to that person, that bothered your heart. So I can't turn a blind eye anymore. I've seen it. Now I need to say something. First, I'm going to say something to you. And then when I put it back in your hands, if you choose, you'll give me the option and the opportunity to say something to somebody else. But I'm leaving it in your hands. So this is how we get, you know, the mind of Christ. And then we stop taking these two minds along because sometimes we want to leave it with the Lord, talk about two minds, and then sometimes we want to just have our say. vomit, yeah. Yeah. Be right. Yeah. And so the Lord is asking us to not just see something but be led by him to say something. So we're encouraging people. There's a lot of evil going on with human trafficking. It's the the number one source of, um, I think it's the biggest... Uh, organized crime. It's yep. gone to that place mm-hmm. in yeah. the whole wide world. Children especially, babies especially. And so even the mainstream media has started to bring out some of this stuff with recent stories and headlines with certain people being arrested. Mm-hmm. And so we as the church can't turn a blind eye anymore, Shania, and say, well, that's conspiracy. That doesn't oh, happen. You know what I mean? Because it tell happened. that to the children that have been, you know, we had a, we've had people come to us that have actually said, I was in this and the Lord rescued me. But we can't say that because it happened in the days of Jesus. It happened before that. Why would we be foolish to believe that, no, that 
that didn't happen. That that didn't happen. Yes, it did happen and it's still happening and it's happening to children and one of the worst things, Shania, is it's happening to African-American children. And it's happening to Chinese children. And it's happening to white children. And it's happening to Spanish children and Puerto Rican children. There is no picking which one. It's happening to every child of every culture. And so, listen, this devil doesn't say well. Let's just take that generation. Yeah, I'll take the whole generation. I'll take the whole generation and I'll take it from everywhere. Yeah. So it's not, oh my, my, oh my. Get it, get it. It's real. You know, it's not choosing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Colours. And it's also not enough. We've talked... Very, very scary point. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about this before, before we, as you prep for the next question, but... Um, it's not enough to just to have facts anymore. No. I think we keep researching the facts to try to prove our point, prove our perspectives, yep. when key is our perspectives. Yep. Because you can find a fact about anything, any perspective, any way, yep. but it's literally God's perspective and God's fine-tuning that is going to get us to learn the truth, as we've been yep. saying over learn the weeks. Because, again, we keep trying to, um, you know, teach other people the truth when we don't have the truth yet because yeah. we, we've said to people before we've taken it up to say to God and then get his perspective in order to teach people the truth. And I think that's the point of yeah. saying is for us to get it, learn the truth within us so yeah. we can teach the truth learn to someone the else. Truth by going up. Yeah. By involving communion with God. Yeah. yeah. Talk to Ooh. him. Talk to that's him. good. Go back to the about Lord. About it. And then what you said, do you think he cares about it? Do you think it's just too minor, too little? Yeah. He died. Right. Does this bother your heart, Lord? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. I died for people. Yeah. Of course it bothers his heart. And so to finish off with the story that I was telling you about seeing the spiritual, the evil, when I saw that, then I went to the next step which was now, Lord, I've seen the grotesque spirit behind this. Now I want to see the burden for this person. I don't want to just stop at the evil. Give me a burden for that soul. Mm -hmm. And so now that kept me in God's perspective because now I didn't see them as something other than a child of God that was in need of a father. That's true. You know, and so when we can, that's how... We can go there, go I, but for the grace of God. When we take on that perspective and we say, okay, Lord, you've shown me the evil behind this. I'm not denying it. I'm not supplying it by denying it. But now I'm asking you to give me a burden for that person because that person needs to be redeemed. And, I mean, that's going to be hard, easier said than done, with a lot of things that are being shown and revealed. And then we have to just leave it with the Lord. I think we come down to one more point. Let's do this. Let's understand something. Tim's listening to the Holy Spirit. That breaks my heart. (laughs) If it was possible to break a person's heart, I'm in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have every opportunity for him to be in me and me in him. Yeah. But these kids, they're robbed of that. 
It's true. A lot of them are robbed of that. And it's only a miraculous thing when freedom comes to them yeah. and they come out of it. That isn't fair. That isn't fair. So I bring God's sovereignty mm. into my prayers to do with this. I bring my, my prayers Very to good. him and I tell him, you are sovereign. Amen. Yeah. Wow, I'm stirred. Place mm. him on the throne. Yeah. Can I ask on. one Ooh. question on. that I just feel like also Christians may struggle with is understanding what burdens are when it's God's burden. Mm. When it comes to, to a ungodly burden. Yes, yeah. when it comes to big events where it will take the big C church yeah. to take part and take it up. How do we as individuals understand if we're, if this is a burden to carry? Yeah. Or is this not? Or an ungodly way to carry? Or, you know, like, so for instance, kids being trafficked and other evil things that are out there. Is it an ungodly Burden in the manner we're carrying it, or is can it? Yeah, God be doesn't a, want you to carry the whole world of right. trafficking on your own Best shoulders. Way, okay. Just like He gives you a portion of peace, yeah, He will give you a portion that He allots to you to carry, and then that portion will lead you to some kind of faith in action. Yeah, right. It's um, His burden is you know His yoke is easy, His burden is light. So his burden is not moved by impetuousness. It's not no, moved by statistics. It's not moved by feelings or fear. It has a peace that passes all understanding. But yet I would say more than a burden, it's a weight. It's a weight that sits on your conscience mm -hmm. that you don't get thrown off by or it, it, it weighs heavy on you. But it's a solemnness that comes to your spirit, a sobering. So that when you carry something, it's a form of intercession really. Because intercession is when you take someone beyond the point that they can actually naturally go. It requires a spiritual, supernatural intervention to carry that person or that thing in prayer beyond the point of natural capacity. So I think the burden of God, he wants us to take this burden on by starting by saying, Lord, what's my part to play? What's my part to carry this in prayer? Is it just to just pray for a certain region? Is it to pray for a certain city? Is it to pray for a certain official? Is it to pray for, you know, a specific area? Because we as Christians, we want to take on the whole world. Right. You know, right. and that's when those burdens do become too overpowering. And rather than moving in prayer, we'll now rather, you know, voice it out. And, and I'm not going to have anything against protesting, but the, that's, that's a temporary solution. Prayer is where things will change. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. You know, so I think it's very important to understand he does want us to carry the burden and the weight. But like you said, it's the way we carry it I think that will separate it. Okay. The burden can't be ungodly. The burden can't be ungodly. The, re the way to make it not ungodly is to give it to God first. Yeah, mm. That's good. If you give it to God, he Amen. will give it back and give it out mm. to wherever it's got to go, okay? He'll give you the direction. He'll give you whatever is needed, the Holy Spirit. But you must give it to God so that it doesn't become an ungodly burden. Got it. That's and good. then... Good clarity. Then when you give it to him, you can ask him for his sovereignty in it. Mm -hmm. That's Amen. good. 
because the sovereignty of God is needed in situations where evil has to be overcome by good. Mm. Yes, so true. And I think when yep, it's the Lord's it, burden, doesn't work. you can live your life still. True, I, I don't want to be like flippant in saying that, but it doesn't consume your every single day task, you know, mm. step because he's carrying it. He's delighting in carrying it for you. So you can let the joy of the Lord be your strength. When it's God's burden, you can still smile. Right. Oh, you can still laugh. Definitely. You don't walk around like, oh. So I have a major burden for this subject. Yeah. But I laugh and joke with my grandchildren. You were laughing 20 minutes ago. Uh, and having a ball with them. Yep. You see, because guess what? My, I'm not the answer. Yep. Right. It's motivated right. by his sovereignty. I'm you know. not the answer. Guess what the answer is? His sovereignty. Right. His sovereignty. He is sovereign in all. All I ask him is to show me it. Amen. That, yeah. That's not hard work. No, I think that's I, a really good litmus test. Is your burden motivated by God's sovereignty? Mm. Or is it motivated by your insecurity yeah. or your fear yeah or your fear or your fear yeah because yeah. i've been seeing you know just some christians feeling like the evil is so overwhelming no. right i can't i can't even i can't even talk to the lord about my minute problem because there are bigger things going on in the world and that's where no, that's the enemy Satan. trips yeah it, <laughs> enemy from, consistently will trip christians up that's doing from it. the pit <laughs> That's from the pit. Hell. And, and that's from the pit because there is no degrees with God. Come on. Come on. So before sin we... Sin uh, is sin. Forgiveness is forgiveness. Good. There is no separate little bit of here wow. more than there and a little bit higher here and a little bit lower there. There is none of that. But the greatest thing mm. for you to remember that he loved mankind, that he died for them. That's all you need to do. So yeah. I go to the Lord with that in mind. Amen. And I can give it to my God. Mm. And if he wants me to say something because I see something, I will. Amen. I keep on saying to the Lord, let me see if you want me to say. And he lets me see. So that I can say. So wake up, church. Wake up, people. And let the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. show you. Let him show you. And then when he shows it to you, give it back to him. That's Amen. amazing. Go for it, Nate. That's incredible. That is Let's do a round of applause for that one. Way to seal it out. I actually think we've yeah, answered these questions. That helped me a lot. Yeah. Someone said, uh, what's a measuring stick to gauge when you're being overly burdened or overly numbered? Mm. And I think that is a really good measuring stick. Is your burden motivated by God's sovereignty? Mm -hmm. That's a question to ask. Another person said, can you address the fear of allowing a conscience to be sensitized? It seems like stepping out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And I think we did that too, to say that uh, all those fears... What do you say, Tim? Let's give yeah. me a chance. Hmm. So overly sensitized mm. conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that also can be a problem. 
But again, maybe that's why Paul does say a, a conscience without offense before God and man, because because you you won't have an overly sensitive conscience towards God because He's good, you know, yes. because He's not a punisher. Um, now, before man, that's a harder thing because when it comes to the conscience before man, you're dealing with fear of man, but yeah. also on mm. the other side of it, you also, you know, you're not allowed to just, you know, if you see a brother or sister in need, part of the conscience is you do have to meet their need. They say that in the scripture too. So then it's hard because then you, there's a whole manipulation with meeting needs. And not calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I know that I've dealt with the overly sensitive conscience about, well, I'm not meeting this person's need, and now, they, now they're angry at me, and I've let them down. But that's why I think God's got to come first. But again, it comes that's back to, good. is that yep. burden, is that voice motivating God's sovereignty in your life? Yep. Or is it motivating your work? Yep. yep. And I think the first question... Can we answer that again? What's uh, a measuring stick to gauge when being overly burdened or overly numbered? What what fruit are you bearing? Yeah. Yep. What fruit are you bearing? It's always about the fruit. Love, yep. joy, peace. Amen. All these of faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, yep. all these things the nine will declare your measuring stick. Exactly. Fear. Oh, Hallelujah. Mm. Ain't one of the fruit. <laughs> Ain't one of the fruit. So get rid of the root. Yeah. Panic, right? Anxiety, all That's this it. stuff. There yeah. it is. And we, you know, we talked about that to, that today. That there's a good anxiety that draws you to Christ. They've talked about that, but yeah. but that's the pricking of the conscience. But once we're in Christ, I really believe that we, you know, Pastor Wendell preaches on this a lot. Yeah. Attacking anxiety, identifying anxiety. Doeg. 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 Again, yeah, same thing here. with fear. There's mm -hmm. a fear of yep. God that's righteous mm -hmm. and that we're to have. You know, the scripture says that we're to fear him. But that doesn't mean fear is in, oh, but that means reverence. Um, it means remember his yeah. sovereignty. His <laughs> yeah. sovereignty right. again. And Apostle Paul says, be anxious for nothing. So that cancels uh, that out. So, but yeah, well but, but, but the fruit, I tell you, you know, um, it is a real blessing to to want to to be able to move it in a level of maturity where you're bearing the burden that God gives you, you're saying it, you're um, living your life, and you're still manifesting fruit, and you're seeing effectiveness. You know, yeah. I think you know one of That's the beautiful good. things about growing a local church is that you know there are challenges, and there are there are people that don't always stay on, but then for those who are staying under the mantle. The burden is being borne by the leaders and the change is happening and it's a beautiful thing. And Amen. someone says here a question, where's the fruit come from? Okay? The mm. fruit comes from your spirit. The spirit. Yeah, someone, they were yep. actually quoting that worldly saying ah. WTF, which we, you know, Where's represents the, something well, else. Ooh, hey, now. But we just redeemed it. Yeah, we just redeemed it. So the thing is, so where's the fruit? Oh it gosh. comes from I your can't. spirit. Yes. Don't try and cram it in yep. your soul. Yep. Yep. It's a spirit I, thing. I, this also goes back to what you said, Pastor Nathan, because it's like you can still have that in the midst of all of this. The fruits of the spirit is still accessible because God is still bigger than all of this. So hopefully this dispels the guilt of feeling like you can't be joyous. You can't be peaceful. 
No, but in the midst of all of this, I am joyous. I am peaceable, you know, because you of know the Lord. you are not the answer. Exactly. So just let that encourage you. That's because you know you're yep. not the answer, but you can give it to the one who is the answer. But wait, do you really know you're not the answer? I'm just that's saying. Another portal for another time. <laughs> no, and, and well, then I, I would say, yeah. then judge the fruit, yeah. and you'll know the root. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you. Are you I'm still the same you. that you were 20 years ago? Uh, you're not your answer. You're not your answer. <laughs> you're not your answer. <laughs> anyway, is it any more questions? It I'm just okay. One there thing. Was one, one one person commented a question. I think it was more an agreeing um, statement, saying, "Yes, to turn a blind eye is to be complacent." Yeah. And I totally agree with that statement. One thing I do want to leave when encouraging people on my Facebook is, God bless Facebook somewhere. Um, <laughs> thank you for using it for a live for us. Um, Amen. I must say, in the midst of this, in this overplay of this quarantine and all overplay. this stuff, I've been seeing a lot of non-believers mm. post these things Welk. that they are not believing to be conspiracy theories anymore. That's sad, isn't yeah. it? And it's it's interesting. I'm finding it very interesting because these are people who, I mean, don't believe in the Lord in the, any magnitude, yep. are starting to just kind of not, their eyes are kind of opening a little bit. Yeah. So, Pastor Robin, for those who may be experiencing the same thing, seeing a pool of friends, family, that yeah. may be opening their eyes. How can we be sensitive to, okay, they're just now learning? If it's family, if it's family, then you can have a part to play in helping them mm. through this. Yes. Good. But if it's strangers, well, all I can say. I send I, them to Deep Wire. Uh, yes, Deep Wire. <laughs> but what okay. I want to say <laughs> is to me, doing. that's sad mm. that somebody who's not a believer, can see the facts mm. that are real. Facts can be real. Yeah. Facts can be real. And that saddens me because the church is supposed to be the foresight. Ooh. They're supposed to be in front. Mm. Not hindsight, mm, but Jesus. foresight. So, you know, that saddens me. It really saddens me. We're not glorying evil. I'm not glorying evil. I want children to have every opportunity to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to know, to know his love, to know his love. Because he said, suffer those little children. Bring them unto me, because such is the kingdom of heaven. That's yeah. right. That's how important they are to him. Yeah. So as Christians, take up the call, the call that God puts on you and start to pray, start to say. Mm. When you see, say. That's what you need to do today. That's it. Right. No more can be added. Yes, guys. 
Thank you, too. Well, guys, you. you have been li- awesome. listening to the live portal and looking, <laughs> watching, rather, to the live portals podcast. Remember, guys, by God's grace, this stuff is coming up. So let's stay in grace when we're saying let's not to judge each other. Yes, we're let's not, not judging. judging. Yep. Let's stay in grace when we're saying, if the Lord wants you to say first, give it back to the Lord. Yeah, say it to always, the Lord. Always can say it to Him. Say it to Him always first. Say it to him. But if we're in relations to people, mm-hmm. guys, remember it's yep. by God's merciful grace that He wants to show us these things. Yep. And he wants to have a say in these things. And if grace That's is... That's very good. Say yeah. in these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If grace is showing it, grace will expose it, mm-hmm. not judgment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to leave us with is usually the people that hear God the clearest and hear that conscience and that voice are the people that have submitted the most. Mm. So when you can learn to submit, it really intensifies your relationship yeah. with that still small voice. Amen. 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 Mic drop. God bless. Bye-bye now. Hello again, everybody. Pastor Nate here, and with a special important update regarding Dipping Night and how we're uh, going to be conducting Dipping Night in this crazy time. So we are not stopping Dipping Night. Pastor Robin has given us the go-ahead, and so Dipping Night will now be moving completely online. So we are going to be opening registrations this week. We're going to be having our prophetic groups, our prophetic art, and our prophetic leadership groups all operating via our Zoom online virtual web conferencing So we are excited. This is going to be a new venture for us. So if you want to have more information, please go to dippingnight.talknyc.org or you can uh, visit our Facebook page and see social posts that will be posted shortly about it. And uh, we are requiring everyone to RSVP ahead of time so that we can just manage, you know, the um, people coming in. But yeah, we encourage you to join us because God is speaking in this time. There's not a shortage of the word of the Lord. He's speaking and we want to hear what he's saying. So go to dippingnight.talknyc.org and find out how to register now. Thank you.